Hello, and welcome back to the Sozo Ministries International offices here in Umbala, Uganda. My name is Scott Ingram. I'm the Apostolic Overseer of Sozo Ministries International. Today is August 24th, 2020, and this is your Monday message. Hope everybody is doing well. Uh, we actually had a pretty good week here uh, in Umbali, uh, me and my wife, um, on what, what, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday last week, I can't remember the day now, uh, I got the message that um, there was going to be a training for the potential reopening of churches here in Uganda, and they were doing a, uh, a health protocol, you know, kind of safety training, a, a training in standard operating procedures for when churches reopen. It's the operating procedures agreed to by the Interreligious Council of Uganda and the Ministry of Health. And so looking forward to them opening churches, they are training trainers is what they call it. And so I got my verification certificate. I am qualified to train others. And so uh, I am excited about this because I have been missing some of our pastors, some of our churches, and so now I get to go train our, our leadership, our pastors, our, our church leadership in the standard operating procedures. We still don't know when uh, they're gonna reopen churches here. The rumor is it's this week. Uh, the, the, the date I heard was actually today. I think the president is going to address the nation either tonight or tomorrow, and so there's Potential we're going to get to open church services. There is also potential that it's going to go the other way because the case number here in Uganda, especially in Kampala, has gone way up uh, in the past week. And so we will see. But I am excited that I at least get to start visiting our pastors and doing um, some some operating procedure guidelines training with them, uh, which lets me check in on them and see how things are going because through the majority of this, this pandemic, I have not been able to see most of them here in Uganda. I can't even get into Kenya. Uh, we're trying to get Pastor John, our national director, uh, to, to be able to go visit our churches there. Churches are open in Kenya, um, but we're trying to get some financial resources together so that John can go visit our churches there. I'm hoping to go start visiting our churches here. And so uh, we may have some updates on how our ministry is faring in COVID uh, in the next couple of weeks. We will see. Uh, also, last week on Thursday, uh, my wife Liz got to partner with a government um, street children's program here in Mbali. Uh, at the beginning of this pandemic, they didn't want the street kids on the streets just becoming a, a breeding ground for the coronavirus, and so they uh, rounded up as many street kids as they could and they moved them into a school which had been shut down and so originally I think there was around 100 or 150 boys living in this school now there are about 75 a lot of them have have slipped out and gone back to the streets but my wife uh, on Thursday partnered with uh, that program and went in and showed the movie Lion it's a it's an Indian movie about a boy who uh, he ends up on a train 1,600 miles away from his family and living on the streets. He comes up as a street kid. He's, you know, he's, he's, a lot of things happen. He's trafficked. A lot, of, a lot of things go on before he's eventually adopted. And then it's him as an adult dealing with, you know, the memories of his family and, and all of that stuff. So it's very, it's very relevant to the street boys. And 
So they showed this movie. She took some counselors. We had a friend in the U.S. who uh, donated some money so that they could do popcorn and ice cream cones for all the boys. And so it was a big success, big hit. Um, and afterwards, they, my wife shared some of her testimony of, of coming to Christ, and, and one boy got saved. And then a number of the boys came to the counselors and said, I, I want to find my family. I need to go home. You know, this, this movie is my life, and I need to find my family. And so uh, now the team is working to track down some of these families and see what the possibility is of reconciliation. Sadly, you know, the, the truth is every case is different and a lot of the boys are on the street not at their own choice but because their parents kicked them out. And so there, there's going to need to be some big reconciliation. I know she talked about one boy who uh, he, he started crying. He said, that's my story. I don't even know where I'm from. I don't know where my family's from. I want to go home but I don't know my family. And he's a 13-year-old boy. And so uh, you can read about that on, on the website. We posted an update. I'll go and throw it up here. Uh, if you if you want to read about the outreach they did and you want to see pictures and, and know how you can pray, you can find that all there. Uh, it's the newest update on the, the front page there. So uh, anyways, so we, we're having a good week. Um, I'm expecting another good week. I uh, just wanted to give you that update. Um, what I want to talk about today for this Monday message is... Um, the idea of repentance, and, and this always comes up, the idea of repentance always comes up in seasons of spiritual warfare, and we've been, we've been dealing with warfare, I've been talking about spiritual warfare in our Monday messages and, and how we deal with that, um, but it's easy to start thinking about spiritual warfare, that it's out there, the demons are attacking me, uh, I need to get them off, I need to break through you know, the, the spirit realm, uh, get, get past the, the temptations, get past the torments, get past the whatever it is. I need breakthrough in finances. I need, you know, I, I talked a couple of weeks ago about when Daniel's praying and the, the angel shows up and he says, I've been delayed for 21 days by the prince of Persia, this other spirit. And we say, oh, we've got to break through those delays. We, you know, all of those things. But one of the things that often gets left out of spiritual warfare is our own flesh and our own propensity to sinful uh, activity, sinful nature, sinful thoughts even, and how that can actually keep us in bondage to spiritual warfare. Now, I, I want you to hear me clearly. I do think that a lot of times the temptations and, and those things come from spiritual warfare. I, I definitely believe that there are demonic temptations that don't come from the flesh. They come from demons whispering in our ear. Um, and and I'm not even going to go into that. I could talk about that for for. Uh, an hour on how you can differentiate between demonic tem temptations and, and fleshly temptations. But what I want to deal with today is the response has to be the same. Even if it's a demonic temptation, if you give in to it and you sin, that's the same as a fleshly temptation and you sinning. You're accountable for your sin. You're accountable for what you do. And there has to be repentance to straighten things out. And I, I felt led to talk about this this morning um, just Again, we're in a spiritual warfare uh, season, but in these seasons, temptations always come. They come at me. They come at my family. Um, but also, I wanted to talk about it because we're in a, a period in Christian history where you have a lot of preachers talking about, uh, the, uh, they call it the hyper-grace movement, the, the over-exaggeration of God's grace. And it's this idea that once you get saved, you're always saved. 
Once you ask forgiveness once, you're always forgiven. You never have to repent again. You never have to uh, come back to God and confess your sins again because He covers you. And that sounds good, and I wish it was true, but it's not biblical. Biblically, we walk through the process of discipleship, becoming more and more like Christ. And the Bible says, you know, you're going to know them by their fruit. And so if you have somebody who says, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, I'm forgiven by God, I, I prayed the forgiveness prayer, but they're out, you know, getting drunk and sleeping around and, and living worldly and whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be those extreme sins, but just the fruit of their life is not uh, according to Christ, it's, it doesn't match the fruit of Christ's life, then they're probably not saved. Uh, you should at least see them progressing into Christ's likeness. There has to be fruit. And again, this is a controversial statement in Christianity because a lot of Christians want to make grace as easy as possible. You say a prayer once, you're always forgiven, you get to go to heaven, and there's no other responsibility. But that is not biblical. And and so we have to talk about repentance because if the enemy manages to get us to sin, whether it's our own flesh, whether it's demonic temptations, whatever it is, if we don't repent, we are leaving a doorway wide open for the enemy to come in to, to torment us because of that sin. We're giving him a legal right into our lives. And we're also giving him a, a legal case against us in the heavenlies that he can go to God and say, look, this person claims to be in Christ, but they don't live like Christ, and he can actually get um, a legal case against us. He's called the accuser, and, and that's going to give him more rights into our life. So we leave that door open, <clears throat> and it causes us problems. So I want to talk about repentance because I think there's some misunderstanding about what repentance is and how it works. I actually pulled up some notes because I... I, I, I um, I was thinking about repentance a couple of years ago, and the Lord was really uh, speaking to me about it, and so I printed these out because I just want to share. You know, I <clears throat> excuse me. We're in this season of, of spiritual warfare, and, and things are going good, and uh, you know, in in the spirit, in in what God's doing. But you know, it's spiritual warfare when things just don't continue in line. So, let me give you an example. We were praying uh, adamantly about the rent money for our our compound. Right, we needed thirty-three hundred dollars. We we threw it out there. Some of you, some of our donors, you're amazing. You gave us that money so that we could pay our rent. It, it came within a few days of us even asking. Praise God, we're so amazed. This is awesome. And then what happens? Immediately, the enemy starts attacking our finances in other areas. And so now we're having financial struggles in other areas. We're also having struggles getting a bank account open. We just can't get the documents set up to open a bank account here in Uganda to transfer those funds. Uh, because of this coronavirus, our, our debit cards have expired, so we can't go to the ATM anymore and just pull cash until the airport opens and somebody can bring us a new card. So we're trying to get a bank account open. We can't even pay our debts. Thankfully, you know, our, our landlord's giving us grace, but you know, you get a financial breakthrough and then you just have financial issues. You, you, you start a personal pursuit of the Lord and you get really good in, in your Bible study, in your personal prayer life, in the secret place with God, in worship. And then what happens? The enemy starts attacking your family so that you walk out of the secret place and you're faced with this strife and, 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 and you know the, the anger and the emotions going on with family so that you just can't maintain it. 
Um, that That's one sign that you're in a spiritual warfare season that when you think things are going good and God is moving, the enemy is there trying to steal it, trying to take it away from you. You know, as a guy, a, a major part of spiritual warfare for men is that we, when whenever God's moving in our lives, we're immediately faced with sexual lustful temptations. We are hit with apathy, with a laziness of, I just don't want to do it today. Uh, and we're hit with depression. You know, it's like something goes well, and then the next day, that the high of everything going well falls off, and we just wake up depressed, and we don't know why. That is spiritual warfare. And I'm sure, you know, everyone has these types of seasons. Um, but what I want to make clear today is sometimes we don't win these battles because there is unconfessed sin in us. And, and so what I've learned over the years is that in times of failure and in times of spiritual warfare, but I, again, I'm tying this today, the spiritual warfare, back to the, the sin that we have to take ownership of, the sins that we commit, the sins that we allow into our lives uh, when those times of failure happen, we have to make it our goal to, to, to come back to God and ask His forgiveness immediately and, and to confess to others as quickly as possible. You know, I hope you have accountability partners. I hope you have people who are, are spurring you on to godliness, to Christ-likeness. And so we need to confess, you know. Um, but running to God instead of running away from Him when we sin, should be the natural response of the Christian. Okay, When you sin, if your natural response is to run away from God, it means we don't understand grace. That's what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve sinned and they hid from God because up to that point they did not know grace. Now that we know grace and we know that God is our Father and He loves us and He died for us and that our righteousness is not good enough ever. We can't be good enough on our own. In our sin, we have to learn to run to Him, not away. We don't hide. We expose ourselves to Him and say, Daddy, I've messed up again. And so we have to run to God, get His forgiveness immediately, and that's got to be the pattern of the Christian life. And so as, as we talk about repentance, here's what I want to make clear. There is a difference between confession or asking forgiveness and true repentance. Okay, Confession is when we recognize our sin and we take a step towards repentance, right? Like confession is, oh, I've sinned. That's a step, but that's not complete repentance. Uh, the same is true with asking forgiveness. We, we can always find forgiveness in God. There's always forgiveness in His grace. There's always forgiveness when we look at the cross and we let Christ take the punishment that we deserve. Uh, this is the reconciling of ourselves back to God, but it's another step towards repentance. It's not repentance itself, right? And so this is the process. We, we confess, we ask forgiveness, but there's another step before repentance is complete, before it's, it's full repentance. And so while these two things put us on equal footing with God, we need to confess, we need to ask forgiveness, and, and that equals that equals us out with God. Um, repentance is that next step that what, what I would say is true repentance prevents us from running to the same sin again. Repentance is not just, Lord, forgive me, I've messed up again, and then leaving ourselves exposed, but repentance is walking through the process of, of, of setting ourselves up where we don't return to that sin. Now, uh, again, th this is... This is a life journey. This is a discipleship process. 
And so we can walk through repentance and we can still fall, find ourselves in that sin again. We can still fall in that sin again and have to walk through repentance again. But as we grow in repentance, we should be getting better at being able to stand. And so uh, if, if I were to share my, my personal testimony, I've, I've shared it many times. You know, back when I was in, in high school and, and going into college and then later in life, um, I had a pornography addiction. In, in high school, I was, I was very addicted to pornography, and this was before the days of smartphones. Uh, when we first got internet in my house, it was dial-up modem, and so it would take 20 minutes to download one picture, um, you know, on the computer, and so it, it was <laughs> different than it is now. That's all I'm saying. Now you have smartphones. You can watch any video you want it, it, wherever you are, um, so it's, it's way worse now. But even back then, when, when it would take 20 minutes to download a picture or I had to go out of my way to find some dirty magazines to look at, my addiction kept pulling me there. And, and when I use the word addiction, I think that's where demonic temptation comes in. It went from a fleshly temptation to a demonic pulling, a demonic drawing. So there was both aspects there. But when I became a Christian at 16 years old, I entered this process of... God, I've messed up again. I don't want to look at this. I want to serve you. And, and I might go, you know, the, the first time I might go a week and not look at anything. And then I'd find myself back in it. And then, you know, I, I'd confess and repent, God, I don't want to do this, crying, tears. And I might go another week and then I'd fall back. And then I'd, I'd go to a church camp. I'd go to some big spiritual event and I'd be on the spiritual high and I might ride it for a month or two months or three months. And I'm coming back repenting, God, I'm doing it again. And I can't help me, Lord. I can't do this. As time went on, I was able to put that to death. I was able to repent and really stand up and say, I'm not doing that anymore. And so today, where I am right now, I would say pornography is not an ongoing temptation in my life. It does come back as a temptation, again, because it's on smartphones, it's always there. And so there are times of super stressfulness that that thought pops into my head, you should look at pornography but now, because I understand repentance, I'm able to take that thought and deal with it and say, no, absolutely not, and, and run away from it and, and not give in to those temptations. Like when I was 16 and I'm crying, oh, God, you got to help me, and I would do it again. You know, I'd, uh, I'm telling you, it used to be bad, but by God's grace, I've overcome. And so that's what I want to show you today is how do we overcome those sins? And listen, for you, it may not be pornography. I'm saying that because for, for me as an American... American teenager guy, that's a very big issue, probably more today than when I was a teen, you know, 20 years ago almost, uh, 18 years ago. Um, and so uh, whatever your sin is, whether it's gossip, whether it's gluttony, whether it's anger issues, whether it's, I don't know what your issues are, but re the process of repentance is the same. It's not just confess and ask forgiveness, but you've got to go through the process of repentance. And so it's it's two steps. Uh, the first step is change the way you think. Now one scripture we've talked about a lot in spiritual warfare is 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. The Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to de destroy strongholds. Look at this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience 
whenever your obedience is complete. And so spiritual warfare and, and the process of repentance starts in the mind. We've talked about this, right? The first step in repentance is changing the way we think. We have to recognize that it is not our actions that are the root of the problem. Okay, for me, when I was addicted to pornography, it was not the action of opening the computer and downloading some picture that was the problem. That wasn't the root. That was a symptom of the problem. The root was in here. The thoughts that come into my mind saying, you should look at porn. You, you would like to look at those images. You would like to see those pictures, right? It's the beliefs that we hold inside that guide our decision-making. Those internal beliefs is the starting place. It means that before we can change the actions, we have to identify the false beliefs within us that lead to those actions in the first place. <clears throat> now, what I find interesting about this is, you know, modern psychology is catching up to the Bible. Uh, I have heard so much in the last two years from different, different counselors, different psychologists, different even, even um, productivity gurus that I follow on getting things done, uh, the idea that before you can do something well, you have to deal with the limiting beliefs, with the false thoughts. Uh, I'm telling you, Google limiting beliefs. Uh, Michael Hyatt, one of my heroes of productivity, I, I use his system, I love him. Um, he talks about we have to get rid of limiting beliefs with a liberating truth. That's biblical spiritual warfare, and that's what the Bible has been saying for thousands of years, but modern science, modern psychology is finally catching up. These false beliefs, these limiting beliefs, these things that hold us back, these thoughts that, that keep us from becoming who we are in Christ, um, that, that guide our sinful actions, they can come from life experiences, right? They can come from good experiences. They can come from bad experiences. They can come from lies the enemy is speaking to us that we're unaware of. They, they can come from, excuse me, different places. But if we believe them, then they guide us, right? They, they, if we think they're true, then we're going to live according to them. And so we have to identify these beliefs and thoughts, and we have to, to put them out into the open and, and say, this isn't God, this isn't gospel, this isn't biblical, this isn't who I am. And we have to take every thought captive and bring it into obedience to Christ. We, and so here, here's my point. In repentance, it's first recognizing the thought. And coming back to God and saying, God, why am I having this thought? I don't want this thought. This isn't who I am. This isn't who you've designed me to be. Lord, show me the truth. And so the first step in repentance, if we're honest, seldom happens in a moment of time. Okay, this, this, We want repentance to be quick. Now, forgiveness is quick. Listen to me. As soon as you sin, you need to run to God and confess and get forgiveness, and that happens instantly. But repentance is then when we walk with the Holy Spirit, with God, to, to look at what is the, 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 the lie I'm believing, this limiting belief, this, this false belief, and, and it seldom happens in a moment of time. It, it can't be realized just by quoting a quick verse of Scripture uh, or, or making a commitment, I'm going to do better next time, right? That's 16-year-old me saying, God, I'm never doing this again. It doesn't work like that, right? You've got to walk through the process. And so, uh, sadly, too many of us make those casual attempts. But the reality is, most often, the, the process is going to require us to wrestle with the, the limiting truth, the false belief, and the, the limiting belief, and, and 
replace it. I'm sorry, I'm, some of them are words this morning. Uh, replace it with the liberating truth, with the truth of the gospel. And so uh, because it's a process, that's why a lot of times when the Bible talks about repentance and those things, there are fasting, there is other spiritual disciplines that come in because biblical repentance is a, a, a process. It's, it's in the meditation and the wrestling with the truth that we overcome the lies of the enemy. Uh, this is what the Bible talks about, right? So the Bible tells us in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The Bible tells us that we are transformed, right? Transformed, we're changed, we're made more into Christ's image from one degree of glory to another. We're transformed by renewing our mind. And so if we're going to overcome the strongholds of the kingdom of darkness, we have to let God's truth be what transforms us, right? This is why Jesus said in, in John 8, 31, 32, he said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so I, I've talked about this before, that word truth in scripture, it's the Greek word aletheia, and it literally means truth in reality or experiential truth, truth not just a truth that you hold in your mind, but like a reality that you live in, truth that changes your, your perception of what's going on when you see the reality. And so when you come to know the truth, the reality of God, you'll be set free from the lies of the enemy. That's what that's saying. And so step one is to change the way you think. And then step two is that your actions will follow and you change the way you act. And so the, the, the Greek word for repentance is actually the word metanoia. And it, it means a mind change, to change your mindset, to change the way you're thinking. But that's not enough. It's because when you change the way you're thinking, your actions follow. And so I don't have room right here, but, you know, whenever I, I preach on this, when I teach on this in churches, I tell them, you know, we always like to say that, that Repentance is you're going one way and then you you stop and you go another. And so that turning point, that, that moment when you shift direction, that's repentance. But biblically, that's not the whole process. The process is you're going one way and you stop and you have a different thought. You change the way you're thinking. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm going this way. I'm supposed to be going that way. That's step one. And so then when you change and you go back the other way, that's the full, fullness of repentance, to have a different thought, change the way you're thinking, and let your actions follow the new way of thinking. And so once the unbelief and the erroneous thoughts that you're, you're having, these, these thought patterns have been identified, you've wrestled with them, you've broken them with the truth, then the fleshly habits can be broken as well. And this is where we can effectively commit to change the actions um, that's that, that, that's required to complete uh, repentance. And so, listen, I don't want you to hear me wrong. Uh, to, to change the action, it's still discipline. It still takes effort on our part. Um, nobody said repentance is easy. Forgiveness is e easy, and God forgives everyone, but then we have to repent to remain in Christ, to stay in Him, uh, to, to remain close to Him. We, we can't expect that God forgives us of our sin, and then we continue to sin, but we're going to sit with him like there's no problem. He wants a heart change. He wants a life change. 
And so it's going to take discipline on our parts to become like Christ. It took discipline for Christ to remain sinless, right? Look at the temptation in Luke chapter 4. It took discipline for Jesus after not eating for 40 days not to turn stones to bread. That's a, that's a temptation we would have caved to immediately. Jesus disciplined himself. And so when our efforts are, are renewed, are, sorry, when our efforts are tied to a renewed mind, then we, our efforts can change easily and it's not legalistic. It's not, you know, we're not trying to build self-righteousness. It's putting to death the deeds that, that the flesh holds to, right? That's what Colossians tells us to do. Colossians 3, 5 to 8. But put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Listen, <laughs> you're probably thinking, man, repentance sounds like work. I just, I want the easy forgiveness. I want to go forward in church and pray the prayer and just be done with it. That's that's good. And listen, I that. I think you need to go forward in the church. You need to ask God's forgiveness. You need to do all of that. But I'm telling you, if you want to live the Christian life and you want to live well and you want to live filled with the Holy Spirit every day of your life, you've got to learn what repentance is. And it's not a one-time prayer at an altar, but it's a life journey. Jesus said, right? Jesus said, whoever's going to, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. And follow me, listen, that cross is the instrument of death. The cross is what killed Jesus. And if we're going to follow him, we have to be willing to put to death what is earthly in us. We have to die to ourselves, to our fleshly lusts, our fleshly passions daily. Jesus said it, not me. Jesus said it. And so, you know, con confession and seeking forgiveness, it's an admission of failure in, in the battle, but that's not enough. True repentance is making the commitment to continue to fight by biblically transforming your mind and your life. And so I want to encourage you. Look, I don't, I don't know your life. I don't know where you are on the Christian journey. I don't know how long you've been a Christian. Maybe you're one of those people like me at 16 that's just learning. I'm telling you, if you will draw near to the Holy Spirit and you will lay out every false thought, every sinful thought that you've been having, every lie that the enemy's been telling you, every thought that's in your head, and just lay it out to Christ and say, here's what I'm believing. Show me the truth. He will come in. His Spirit will come in and He'll replace those thoughts. When you submit to Him, He will transform you. It's a promise. It's biblical. And as your thought life is transformed, as your thoughts are renewed, your, your life will be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your life outwardly, the sins that you once walk in, will be put to death because you're walking through this process. And so, uh, I just want to encourage you, if you're in a season of spiritual warfare or not, repentance is a skill that every Christian must develop. It's actually one of the earliest skills, and it's not something we like talking about. Okay, we, we like talking about grace, we like talking about salvation and healing and deliverance and miracles and financial breakthrough and all of the great promises of God, all the good things. But listen, if you can't go into the secret place with God and be transformed by the renewing of your mind... Then, then what's your life going to amount to? You're going to stay in bondage to sin 
which keeps you in bondage to the devil for, for permanently. And so I just want to encourage you, if, if, if there's something in your life right now that you need to repent of, something that some bondage, some stronghold, some sin that's been holding you so tightly and you can't get rid of it, it's time to stop just asking God's forgiveness and stop just asking for grace and actually do the work and say, okay, Lord, let's start with my thought life. Show me what the false belief is I'm holding to and let's replace it with truth and then help me to, to work my way out of it, to discipline my way out of it, to put my salvation into effect, to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. And so uh, whatever you have today, I encourage you, if you don't know how to repent and you don't know how to stay free from those sins that have been holding you so close, now's your opportunity. And so I just want to pray for us. Lord, we love you and we do thank you for today. We thank you for another week to serve you, God. Um, we thank you for how we see you moving in, in our lives and the lives of those around us. God, we thank you for your goodness and Lord, that we know revival's on the horizon. And so, Lord, as you lead your people, God, we, we cry out for holiness. We cry out for righteousness. We cry out that our lives can look like Christ. And so, Lord, teach us what repentance looks like once again. Teach us how to come back to you, not just to receive forgiveness, but so that our lives can be conformed to the image of Christ. We want to live like you. We want to be like you. We want to be your representatives in the world. And so, God, I just pray for that grace to come on every person who's watching this video. Right now, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to their mind and show them what sin it is that they've been holding on to for so long that you want to deal with today, Father. Lord, I pray that you would begin showing them what the lies that they're believing, what the limiting beliefs are, what, what they're believing in their mind that's guiding their lives, Father, and then show them the truth. Lord, show them that that belief is not of you and it's holding them back. And Lord, would you replace it with your truth, with your reality, with your aletheia, Lord, and let that truth set them free, Father, so that their lives can be conformed to you. And so, Father, I just, I bless everyone watching and I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. That's going to do it for this Monday message. Uh, again, I hope these things are encouraging to you. Uh, I, I want to be practical. I want to share with you what God's putting on my heart, and, and I felt like He wanted me to share that today. And so if you need help walking through repentance, please reach out to us. You can send us a private message. We'd love to pray with you. If you need some deliverance ministry, we, we do that. I've, I've done deliverance ministry through Zoom uh, multiple times during this, this, uh, this lockdown season, and so we would love to help you uh, find some freedom in that. You can reach out to us, as always, through the website, sozoministries.net. Um, even if you don't want counseling, you just want prayer, there's a link there. It says Get Prayer. You can click on that. You can submit a prayer request. We'll, we'll give it to our prayer team as you guide us, and we will pray for you. We'd love to do that. If you are watching this and, and you just think, man, I want to be a part of this ministry, on that website there are some upcoming opportunities, especially for next year. We don't know what the end of this year looks like, but for next year, for some ministry trips. So go check those out if you want to partner with us financially. Like I said, right now, I need to get to our churches and, and do uh, some check-ins and some trainings. I need Pastor John in Kenya to get to the Kenyan churches and do some check-ins and some trainings. And so if you would like to fund that, you can do that on that link as well. And we appreciate all of our financial partners. Uh, so that's going to do it for today. Um, if you, if you have any comments, thoughts, questions, testimonies, any of that, you can always share it in the comments. You can send us a message. We would love to do that. So until next week, God bless you.